It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to Landry Football, the, the Landry Football Podcast. Great to be with you. Happy New Year to each and every one of you out there. So much to get to today. Excited to uh, be talking football with you. We've got some great news and information that we're going to get through today with you. A lot of talk, obviously. Week 18 of the NFL. um, What's going on the playoff scenarios? We'll walk you through that. we're going to obviously talk about the national championship game. What happened in the semifinals with Alabama, Cincinnati, as well as Georgia, Michigan. We've got that for you. Um, We'll break down the national championship game for you. What does it look like in the AFC and the NFC playoff picture? Some transfer portal information. Um, You know, um, the, the debate over playing in bowl games or not and the future of the bowl games and, We've got a lot to get to today, all brought to you by our great folks at LinkedIn. Uh, great there. They help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Uh, every week, we've got millions of people looking for jobs, and you can find it over at LinkedIn.com slash Landry. More on that in a bit. want to tell you a little bit about kind of uh, what we're doing here. We have I've mentioned in the fall, down the stretch of the season, that we were making some changes on how we're going to do things. Um, We are um, with this podcast. We've kind of focused on doing this podcast. And uh, one of the things we did during the season, we did a lot of different uh, conference shows. We did an NFL show, a college show. You know, one of the things that you learn, and I'm learning this business, um, of how to reach people, what people want. Um, and you know, one of the, the next move that we're making is to just focus on this podcast. Um, you know, having the right fit and maybe having the right people with you, sometimes not having anyone with you is maybe the best way to go to be able to do the type of show that you want to do. Not trying to do a show like somebody else does, because you know what? Somebody else might do their show a lot better than I could ever do their show. What I'm trying to do is do a show that's different, that brings you some insight from a coaching and scouting perspective on the college and pro game. Everything is fair game here. Any of your questions, you can bring them inside the chat room. So if you're listening to this podcast, we encourage you to join us live on YouTube Live, on um, Twitter Live, um, 
on, um, uh, of course, twitch.tv, the Chris Landry football channel there. So you can join us in the chat room and, and uh, answer, uh, ask your questions. We'll answer here. But we're going to get into an awful lot. So we appreciate uh, those of you that decide to join us either live or in the tape version, podcast version of this show. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, on Landry football, we're certainly um, people have asked me a lot while well, the football season's winding down. Those of you that are kind of new wondering, so, so what happens next? Well, football season doesn't ever go away. Uh, it just kind of goes into a different phase. Obviously, right now, working a lot on the, the national championship game, the stretch run of the NFL season, the NFL playoffs, but recruiting, uh, college information with the transfer portal, um, the NFL draft, uh, NFL free agency, uh, NFL coaching moves. We still got some coaching moves in college from an assistant rank. So we got all that covered for you in our notebooks, in our inside information, as well as the breakdowns of all the players, teams, coaches, schemes, uh, X's and old stuff that we're going to provide for you as we always do. So check it all out at LandryFootball.com. If you're not yet a member, check it out at Landry Football. The holiday saving special over there, you can get it. Take advantage of it. So I want to get into um, something that has been asked. And so I'm going to address it. It's a question that Justin brought in about uh, players playing in both. And if you got any questions, bring it and I'll get to it in the mailbag section uh, at the end of the show. About players playing in bowl games, whether they should play, whether they shouldn't play, um, and how things have transformed and changed throughout college football. And you've heard me talk about it, that, when you make changes, and I know changes are inevitable, but when you make those changes, inevitably it's going to bring out other changes. They're unintended consequences or consequences that are pretty obvious, but sometimes people don't see them. They're not as obvious to everyone. And when you go back into the days of playing college football and playing in bowl games, and there's a lot of discussion on national TV and debates about this or that, and he said this and she said that and whatever. Look, the world has changed. Just like technology changes, the way people view things are different than they used to be. Um It's um, in the world of everyone wanted to play in a bowl game at one point doesn't necessarily equate to everyone wants to play in them now. Look, it is it is fine. I applaud um, capitalism and the ability for people to have opportunities. When you do that, when you bring money into it, and money's been in college sports, of course, but when you get to the point where you begin, players obviously make money coming out in the draft. That's an important, that's always been there. But 
people have a different focus now. And it used to be frowned upon that if you didn't play in your bowl game. Well, the bowl games, while they may mean something to me and I may get something out of them and I may like them and you may as well, they don't mean the same to a lot of players as they used to be. And it's the fault of the whole system that's created this. The playoff, we have basically said, the playoff games are the most important ones. They may not be the best games, as we saw. There were two blowouts again, and that's been a pattern. But when you say those are the games that really matter, the others are not going to get as much interest. Fan interest is not as much. Players are not going to be as excited about playing in them. Why should we expect it to be different? It's kind of like we've got NIL now. And with the name, image, and likeness, it's no longer going to be enough to say, look, I'm going to school for a degree, free education, free room and board. A lot of players want, and what? They're going to want the end because it's available. And if they're going to do it, why not you do it? So it's once you open the door for that, then the reason why people do things are different. We all have to make a living. We, we all are in a position of <clears throat> trying to better ourselves, and there are different ways to do that at different points in times in our life. But when we move in one direction, it's going to lead to other consequences that come about. Um, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, I, I, I often refer to the fact that I interact a lot of my college background and NFL background, and I see a lot of similarities and I see differences. But there was a point in time in the NFL where there was no free agency. You drafted players, they stayed on your team until you traded them or you let them go. Then there became the first form of free agency, full-fledged free agency. So now players... It's a business. They want to go where they can make the most money. Go figure. It's a business. You will do the same thing in your profession, relatively speaking. I mean, I, there's some people might say, well, I'm not going to move my family here or there or have a different lifestyle to make more money. I'd rather make what I'm making now. I mean, there are different reasons people do things, but very often, it's what's best for you. And whatever is best, it normally is tied to the amount of money you make. But I realize that's not the only thing. There's no difference in football. In pro football, that's what you have. It is not as much about how would you deal with certain situations in certain circumstances. It's about team and you know it used to be that you grew up and if you were drafted by the Chiefs you hated the Raiders the Raiders you hate the Chiefs you still have that I don't like my rival but you may sign a free agent contract with your rival 
in two years. Who knows? Well, now to college football, it's kind of the same thing. If I'm not starting, I've got the transfer portal I can leave to. And we got an NIL. I, I, I can go for the most money. Well, now you combine that. You have no rules, really. So what happens? Most of the players that are not your elite players don't have a place to land. They're going to the transfer portal. They get pushed into the transfer portal because the school says, we're moving on. We have got another option. We want to use your scholarship somewhere else. They don't say it that way, but they say it's probably in your best interest that you go in a different direction. We're going in a different direction. And with that is um, is very tough decisions and difficulties for a, the majority of the players. So now, because there is NIL money, I, I want my NIL money. And then because you can play, get players to transfer, you actively have schools recruiting players on other campuses to come to their school. And not only recruiting them, but recruiting them with NIL money. Oh, they can't offer you the money as an assistant coach, but we can set you up with, boom. This is what you can get here. This is what our guys make it. You can... Push that. Okay. Is that what we want? Oh, no, that's not what we wanted, Chris. We didn't want that. Well, goodness gracious. What do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen? Of course, you're going to go down that path where others are going to come and get your players and you're going to have chaos. So, what we have is a transfer portal. People recruiting players off of other schools with NIL money. And all of this is very individualized. What's best for me? Nothing wrong is what's best for you, but but there is a lot that's lost and changed in today's society about it's all about what's for me and less about what's best for the team. There's no question. So when you're talking about bowl games and you're talking about whether to play or not, I always wanted players to play in bowl games, but I understood the risk of injuries. Most players just say it's not worth it. And I'm not going to sit here and criticize because if everyone else is basically saying the bowl games don't matter, see, we don't have players skipping out of playoff games. Yet, will we? Will someday somebody stand up and say, you know what? I'm a high pick. I just don't want to play in this national championship game. What if I get injured? You think, no way. I have a hard time swallowing that as something that's realistically could happen. But are you really going to tell me for certain that somebody down the road might not go down that path? Because you know what? A lot of things and a lot of paths that we've gone down hadn't happened. We've seen players 
skip out on the rest of their season. The season's not going really well. What if you start skipping the big rivalry game at the end of the year? If you do that, I mean, so where's the line of demarcation? Right now, it's the bowl games that are non-playoff games. My point is, I understand, I don't like, I don't understand why players don't play. I also love it when they do. But the system and what we've created and what we've told them through our actions is what matters and what's led to this thinking. And this is where we've got to get rules and guardrails on transfer portals, on name, image, and likeness, on college scheduling, how we do things. I think if we expand the playoffs and we would incorporate the bowl games, then everybody that's in a playoff game of the 12, the 12 teams, I think most of those players are going to play in it. I think all of them are going to play in it. They can but the others will be fall in the same category as the ones now that are not in the playoffs. But this should be a lesson. College football is so reactive. There is no leadership. There's no guidance. There's no direction. You have to know what you're doing. If you're a part of the sport, if you work in the sport on the daily basis, you know what you need to look out for. You know what is coming around the corner. If you're sitting in an ivory tower somewhere and you have no flipping clue, there's the law of unintended consequences all day long. Went a little too long on that, but did. Uh, See, uh, Kev, and I see Rich out there. I'm going to get to your questions here a bit, and I promise. Want to get into kind of the reaction of the semifinal games, Alabama, Cincinnati, my thoughts on the game. Yeah. I expected Alabama to win the storyline of the game. The storyline within the film room of that game was Alabama's game plan, how it differed, how it was more eclectic, how it changed from what they normally do and how, They played press bail coverage. They basically played off, and they played a lot of cover three, and they made Cincinnati go to the length of the field. They weren't as aggressive. They didn't respect the run game as much, and they said, we're not going to give up the big play, and we're going to make you go to the length of the field. It's completely different. 45 days or thereabouts to put it in. Great job. Great use of time. It's one of the unique things about college football. Unique. And I'm not saying good. It just is what it is. From the conference championship game to the semifinal game, you got a long period, over a month. You got plenty of time to put different stuff in, and Alabama did that. And they do that so well. That's why they're so good in the playoff games. Yeah, they're good because they're talented. But even they're – they're the better coach team in both of these games, even with the better talent, because they prepare so uniquely. That was the biggest thing. On offense, the biggest thing I saw was everybody said that Alabama went in with the idea that they were going to run the football against Cincinnati. Well, that's not the case. They went in with the idea of they could run or pass, 
and it depended on how Cincinnati played it was going to determine how Alabama played it, and it was patience and discipline on offense. What did Cincinnati do? Cincinnati played six-man fronts. They took their their deep safety, came down and created some seventh-man illusions in the box, seven-man in the box illusions, but coming in late, basically they were inviting Alabama to run. That's why Alabama ran so much. They didn't go in. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. People think game plan, uh, play calling is just, yeah, we're going to try this. Your play call is based upon what the defense is doing. Your offensive play call is based upon what the defense is doing. And your defensive play call is based on what the offense is doing. Okay? I mean, you have to – it's what they're doing against you and what you're trying to do against them. It's not just, well, let's just – you know, it's kind of like going to a restaurant at a buffet. Well, you're going to pick and choose from what's on the buffet line. You don't have options outside of that. You've got to go with what you've got to work with and, and what they have. They had opportunities to throw it, but as long as Cincinnati was going to play six-man front, they, they ran it. When they went into seven-man fronts, they lowered the safety down a little bit more. Then Alabama threw the football more. Now, I think Alabama wanted to stay away from the corners, Cincinnati's corners, a little bit. And so I think that contributed to it. But first and foremost, it was about how Cincinnati matched up or didn't match up size-wise. They felt they could block them. Alabama's a real is a better run-blocking unit than pass-blocking unit. And they wanted to block that undersized Cincinnati front that was playing in a 3-3-5, playing six-man fronts. Great job schematically by Alabama in both cases. For Georgia, what I saw there was defensively a better job of bringing A and B gap pressures with their sandbacker and their Mikebacker. They did a good job, more, more better than they did against Alabama, of bringing pressure in causing a lot of pocket pressure on Michigan's passing game. Now, this is different, and we're going to get into the breakdown of the game a little bit, but this was a Michigan offense that didn't have the explosive playmaking abilities against this style of defense. You know, people have pointed out, and accurately so, it's a statistical accuracy to say that Michigan has had a number of explosive plays. In fact, more than any explosive plays in any team in the country. But that's relative to who you're doing it against, against the style and the strength and quickness and speed of the defenses that you play against. And a lot of the big plays that Michigan made were by the fact that they forced more defenses to play loaded fronts against them. So, A, they were able to, when they were able to block the front, they got big explosive runs because nobody was, there weren't enough defenders on the second and third level to tackle. Or they got big plays in the passing game because people are given a lot of moving the safeties, trying to defend the run, and it gave them a lot of big play opportunities there. So, those were things that were a statistical anomaly that were not indicative of what Michigan could do against Georgia, even though they had done that throughout the course of the season. Uh, Michigan didn't have the ability to match up in that way. 
Georgia did a good job with their protections. Georgia did a good job of getting the ball out quickly and really blocked the edge rushers of Michigan very effectively. Two good edge rushers do the Wolverines have that were not very effective against uh, against Georgia. So Georgia is a play-action passing team, not a drop-back passing team. Okay, what's the difference? Play action, you turn your back to the quarterback, uh, to the to the defense. The quarterback turns his back to the defense, sells the play action, pulls it down. You turn your back, which is a little bit nerve-wracking because you lose sight of the defense because you turn, but you're selling and you're getting a lot of pre-reach. You're getting the defense, the second level of the defense, sucked in just a little bit to where you can work behind it. That's what Georgia does so well. Now, what's good about that is you can create spacing and coverage. What's bad about it is if that is the best way to throw the football is off play action and you can't run the football well, you still have to stay committed to the run. It is not how many yards you get per run, although you certainly want to get as many as you can, of course. But you have to make the defense respect the run and fear that you're going to run it. So that's going to create the passing opportunities. If you're down 17 points in a game, you're not fooling anybody with play action. Then you become a drop-back team. Now you're dropping back into, I got to drop back, and I got to throw into multiple coverages with multiple defenders. And that's not what Georgia does the best. So the key is they were able to control the game at the line of scrimmage against Michigan. Will they be able to control the game against the, uh, in the line of scrimmage against Alabama? Will they be able to create pressure on Bryce Young? If Alabama gets a lead and Georgia has to play from behind, do, is there enough time or is the deficit small enough to allow Georgia to continue to work their running game into the mix, at least be the threat to run? If they can, they can have some plays, some potential big plays in the passing game. But if they don't, they're going to struggle again. They're going to struggle. So that, to me, is going to be the key. There are a lot of things. I'm going to break it down in depth on LandryFootball.com. But if you're going to look for the key, look at how effective Georgia will be to pressure Bryce Young continuously, not just the first series, second series, throughout the game, can they move Bryce Young off his mark in the pocket? The ability to do that will determine the effectiveness of Georgia's defense because Georgia will win this game with defense. Georgia will win this game, if they win it, with their defense pressing the pocket and preventing Alabama from getting out enforcing Georgia to play from behind. Now, you remember the conference championship game. It was Georgia that got out to lead. Alabama came back, and then it was a different story than that Georgia was um, chasing the entire game. That's going to be the key. It's potentially tough for both teams, I think, to run the football successfully. So people say, well, 
can Stetson Bennett make enough plays? The answer to that question is, can Georgia continue to work their offense through the run game? If they can and can work play action, they can have success. If they are straight drop back without play action, they're less likely to have success. So I look at it as Alabama has a little bit more, um, they're a little bit more versatile in how they can play and potentially win this game. Georgia, there is a clear formula for them to win. They absolutely can win this game, but they're going to have to do it with a much better defensive effort. And the better defensive effort will allow the offense to work through the run game and give Stetson Bennett a better chance. Because the dropback passing game leads to turnovers and mistakes. The play-action passing game leads to more space and coverage, and therefore you've got more play. So we'll see how that plays out. That's going to be the key to the success. We're going to get into some NFL action. But talking about keys to success, I want to tell you about my great friends at LinkedIn. These days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn jobs make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You know, I know that in the past, looking at guys and looking at people, the website people work, and it's hard to find people with the positive experiences that you're looking for. But that's really the key. What are the candidates? It's like when I do coaching searches, which ones are qualified, which ones are not. It's, it's, it's really, really important. It's very simple. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize what you'd like to interview, who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit at LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N.com slash Landry, all caps, L-A-N-D-R-Y. That's LinkedIn.com slash Landry to post your job for free. Uh, Terms and conditions apply. Great folks there at LinkedIn. We appreciate their involvement. Um, Let's get into some of the playoff scenarios and kind of what I'm looking for this week. It's such a fun week. It's week 18 in the NFL, and I call it the playoffs to get into the playoffs. We have a lot of it's at, you know, that in the AFC, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, New England have clinched. Indy gets in with a win. They're at Jacksonville. Um, and then the winner of the Chargers and the Raiders get in. They play. They get the seven seed. They play in Las Vegas in the featured game on Sunday night. Let's take a look a little bit how things shape up. Um, again, the Bengals have won the North. Chiefs have won the West. The Titans have run the South. The Bills have 
clinched a playoff berth and the Patriots a playoff berth. Just so you may want to know to keep track of what's what. Uh, if you're a Baltimore fan, um, you're on the outside looking in right now. Uh, what needs to happen? They play Pittsburgh Sunday. Uh, if they win and the Chargers lose and Indy loses and Miami loses or ties, the Ravens can get in. Buffalo clinches the AFC East with a win or a New England loss or a tie in the New England tie. Cincinnati clinches the number one seed. Um, in the first round by and home field advantage with a win plus a Tennessee loss plus a Kansas City loss plus a New England loss or a tie or a win, a Tennessee loss, a Kansas City loss, and a Buffalo win. So getting the number one seed is something that is still a possibility for the Bengals, but not going to be easy. The Colts get a playoff spot with a win or a tie or they get in with a Chargers loss, a Baltimore-Pittsburgh tie. It's really tough there. Or a Chargers loss, a Pittsburgh loss, and a Miami win. The Chiefs, they clinched the number one seed in a first-round bye with a win and a Tennessee loss or a tie, or a Kansas City tie and a Tennessee loss. And, of course, the Raiders-Chargers we just talked about. Las Vegas gets in with a win or a tie and an Indy loss, or an Indy loss and a Pittsburgh loss or a tie. The Chargers get in with a win or a tie. Simple as that. The Patriots clinch the number one seed. If they win, Buffalo loses or, t- or has a tie. Kansas City loses. Tennessee loses. New England can clinch the AFC East with a win and a Buffalo loss or a tie or a New England tie and a Buffalo loss. And Pittsburgh clinches a berth. They're on the outside looking in with a win. An Indy loss to Jacksonville, tough. Las Vegas Chargers game does not end in a tie. Does not end in a tie. And Tennessee gets clinches the number one seed. All they need to do is win. If they tie and Kansas City loses or ties, or if Kansas City loses or Cincinnati and Cincinnati loses and New England loses, Tennessee can get in even with a loss. So that's a look there. As I look at the AFC right now, I still say, and it is not a strong feeling. But I still think Kansas City has more things going for it. They lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati got it done. There's no question about it. But, I, you know, they had some breaks, and they were able to capitalize on those breaks. I still think Kansas City, even on the road, probably could win it. Tennessee's the interesting team. If they can get Derrick Henry back and they're working him slowly back in with some time off, that may be the biggest threat. And what a dynamic matchup that would be. Almost be like Georgia, Alabama, and that Tennessee run the football, um, shorten the game against Kansas City. Could they impose their will on Kansas City, or do the Chiefs get a lead and make the Titans play from behind? That That's, to me, I don't think Cincinnati – is likely to run the table. I don't like the balance of the Bills. I don't think the Patriots are going to be explosive enough, and I don't trust anybody else. That's kind of how I see the NFC at this point. In the AFC, uh, in the NFC, rather, uh, <clears throat> you kind of know the scenario right now. Green Bay has clinched this up. See, the Rams have clinched. The Bucks have clinched. The Cowboys have clinched. 
The Cardinals have clinched. The Niners win against the Rams and they're in. Philly uh, has clinched a playoff spot. New Orleans can get in if they beat Atlanta and the Niners lose to the Rams. So let's kind of go over it again. Um, the Packers had the number one seed. They've clinched. Curious to see how they play it. It looks like they're going to play a number of their people. Uh, the Cowboys have won the East. The Bucks have won the South. The Cardinals, the Rams, and the Eagles are in the playoffs. So what remains for the Cardinals? They're in the playoffs. They can win the West with a win and a Rams loss to the Niners. The Rams can win the West with a win or a tie. Or an Arizona loss or a tie. Um, the Saints um, get a playoff win, a playoff berth, if they beat Atlanta and San Francisco loses. So, obviously, San Francisco can get that playoff spot if they win or tie or if the Saints lose. So, that's kind of the look. And so, it's a little more simpler uh, and a little bit more clear in the NFC as to what could happen, what might happen there. Um, look, the there's no doubt that the playoffs are going through Lambeau, literally, and I think that they're going to be a tough team to beat. It will depend on how their defense stands up, particularly against the run and how healthy they are. That will determine it. The Rams are intriguing. They're a team that added a lot of pieces, a lot of parts, right? How quickly have they gelled? Have they gotten good enough to make a run here? You know, do you question Stafford? Uh, in the playoffs in a big moment. I mean, those are legitimate questions, and if they answer in the affirmative, they certainly are a factor, but they're going to have to win on the road in Lambeau most likely. The Bucks likely have to, again, go to Lambeau. Uh, their defense is not playing at the same level. We know that they're going to miss Antonio Brown. We've got a question on that. We'll get to that. Do you trust the Cowboys? I'm not – you know, to me, I don't trust the Cardinals. I'm – to me, it looks like Green Bay with the possibility. Let's watch the Rams and the Bucks. But to me, if I had to guess, I would go with Green Bay and Kansas City right now as we head into week 18. We shall see. Hey, your questions are up next, so bring it. We've got uh, a number of you. I see you join us. We're going to get to you right in a second. Uh, not too late, but get them in. But I want to tell you before we do, about my good friends at MyPillow. You have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company that it is today and have trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Now Mike is changing the game with his six-piece towel set. It's made a, uh, of USA cotton, making it extremely absor absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath, two hand, and two washcloth towels, typically retailing for $100. For a limited time, you can get this set for the low price of $39.99 by using the promo code LANDRY, capital L-A-N-D-R-Y. Remember, MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Um, go to MyPillow.com or give them a call at 1-800-659-2338. And again, enter the promo code LANDRY. So let's see what you've got for us in the mailbox. Rich Coach, um, 
got you there. Hi, Chris. Hi, Rich. Thoughts on the passing of John Madden, Dan Reeves, and Greg Robinson. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Greg Robinson, longtime assistant coach, coached in college for a while, coached in the NFL on some Super Bowl teams, coached for Vermeil, coached for Mike Shanahan, 70 years old, way too young, passed away today, I believe. At least I heard about it today. Um, look, it's always sad to lose people that you've known, you've worked with, that you like. John Madden was an iconic figure, no question about it. Uh, I think more people are – We'll remember him from the TV world, and those of you that play the game will, will be familiar with him on that. I remember him as a coach. thought he was a good coach. thought he did a good job. Didn't coach very long. Uh, Ten years is a long time when you think about it, but, um, you know, was a good coach uh, and, and did a good job. Dan Reeves is one of the great people ever. He went to nine Super Bowls as a player, an assistant coach, or a head coach, um, one of the great people and an outstanding coach, did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Um, Kev Belargo, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year to you, to Rich. Kev says, cheers on a few bits. I appreciate Kev doing that. Um, Would you have cut AB after the fake vaccination card was exposed? How big is this loss for the Bucs? Because they've already, without Godwin, for the rest of the season. Uh, Kev, I would have never signed AB. So that's making an assumption that I would have cut him um, at a point in which would have never happened because I would have never signed him. I I recognize the talent, but I also recognize that there's a point where it is not worth it, and I'm well past that point. Um I definitely um, would not have counted on him. And I definitely think that they they went along because this is something Brady wanted. But this is why, you know, you have to make decisions as a, as a decision maker, as a football executive that's best for the team. And um, I, that's kind of my feeling on it. Uh, I was already tired of the NFL holdouts for contract renegotiation and our extensions. The calculus of NI on transfer portal in college will amazingly dwarf what goes on in the NFL. Kev, you're right. It is going to be, it is going to comprise the college football notebook daily in the NFL. I ain't in my college notebook every day about transfer portal. Where's Caleb Williams going? Look, it's newsy, but then it goes against the construct of a team and being into a system and going to new systems. I, I think all those things are counterintuitive to the development of team chemistry. And I'm with you, my friend. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think being able to transfer is one thing, but I think there have to be circumstances. I think guardrails and not having them is a disaster. Kev also says, in the post-game interview after beating Cincinnati, Nick Saban seemed annoyed with their 3-3 stack defense. You see George incorporating any of this. No, I don't think he was annoyed. I think I mean, I didn't take it that way. Their 3-3 stack defense is what they run at Cincinnati, and it's worked very well. They're an undersized defensive front, and they don't play as many numbers, so they were playing six guys in a box. Now, if uh, frustrating, if it means that they could have scored more points and been more explosive, 
yeah, the game probably was closer than it would have been had Cincinnati been more aggressive. But that's why Cincinnati played it the way they did it. They wanted Alabama to go to the length of the field and hope that maybe they can cause some turnovers and mistakes or Alabama makes mistakes and then they could be in the game. Look, Cincinnati stayed in the game a little bit. They stayed in the game longer than Michigan stayed in with Georgia. I'll say that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you read it right. I, I didn't sense Nick was annoyed, but but maybe he was. They would have liked to put him away earlier with some big plays, big play passing game, but they didn't play it that way. That 3-3 stack look is, is playing with a nickel all the time is their base, and that nickel in this game stayed deep pre-snap. Uh, sometimes cheated a little bit, but, but reverted back. So, uh, frustrated. I don't know. Rich coach says, um, where did the Seahawks, where did the Seahawks go from here with Russell Wilson? Do you think it's possible receiving, moving on from him? Anything's possible. I think that one of the things they have to decide, see, I think this is one of those where Russell Wilson wants to be the offense runs through me and I'm throwing it at me. I think it's kind of reminds me of Dak in Dallas. Seattle was really good. Well, A, for a number of reasons. When they had Russell on a rookie contract and they can put their resources financially in the defensive players, they were a great defense. They haven't been a great defense and they haven't hit on draft picks quite like they have done in other years and sometimes. And I think that when the Seahawks have been good, they run the football well. And Russell Wilson can really do a good job with his legs and making big plays. And when you can run the football, what does it do? You know the answer by now. You've heard me talk about it. Don't disappoint me. It's you can dictate to the defense. You can force numbers in the box. That gives you better numbers to throw against. When you become a drop back first team, it exposes the quarterback a little bit for maybe not being as exact at getting the ball out on time or as accurately to spots, as well as it might appear when you're running a lot of play action stuff. So um, look, I would like, if I were Seattle, I'd do everything I could to keep Russell Wilson. If you don't, it takes talent to replace talent. If you don't have him, then what? Where do you turn? What do you do? You better have that plan before you move on from him. Or, you know, listen, part of that's going to be, you know, Russell's decision too. So happy new year, Rich. Uh, Tony, um, happy new year, my friend. Wondering your thoughts on the Brown season overall. What do you see them doing with Baker in the off season? Tony, overall, I'm disappointed. Um, I thought they had potential to be a playoff team. And I still think that they were kind of on the verge of it. They were certainly close. Close doesn't count it. You either in or you're out and they're out. Yeah, they've had some situations, unfortunate situations with COVID. Many have it. Um, here's my thing, and I'll tie it into the Baker talk. It's a difficult spot to be in. Here's why. A, I would not want to put in a ton of money on Baker Mayfield. I don't know that I trust Baker Mayfield to bring me where I need to be. 
I, I think we see in big moments he continues to struggle with turnovers. This team is built with a good offensive line, a good running game. And I know there have been missing pieces here and there, but he's not been able to give them – he will give them some big plays from time to time, but he makes too many negative plays. I would not want to hitch my wagon to him with a lot of money. On the other hand, if you don't have him, what do you do? You don't have any other options. You better find that other option. As I mentioned with Seattle, with Russell Wilson, or with anybody. Takes talent to replace talent. So at the quarterback position, you better have your answer before you move on. Now, is it such that Baker won't get big money somewhere else? People say, nobody's going to pay him anything. Well, somebody might. Here's what I would do. I would go to a to him, his agent, his people, with a deal that's structured with incentives, with some options in it, because at this stage, I would say, do we know enough about him? Well, what we know about him, we know that it's not good enough. But do we need to see more? I mean, look, I think if you don't have anybody better, you'd like to keep him but at the right price. The right price is maybe not what he wants or what he might get on the open market. The market dictates what he's going to get. I would have a number. I would have a deal. And if that doesn't work, I've got to be prepared to move on from him, and I better have another plan in mind. But I would not go chasing it. I would not go chasing it. Rich Coach says, do you expect some changes defensively from Georgia against Alabama as the possibility if Stetson Bennett plays poorly, could you see JT Daniels come in and try to give Georgia a spark similar to what Alabama did with Jalen Hurts and Tua? I expect Georgia will have to play a little bit different defensively. I think that they're going to have to um, bring more pressure. If you can't get good base pressure, you're going to have to bring extra pressure. You're going to have to move. Bryce Young off the spot in the pocket. As I mentioned earlier, that's going to be the key. Um, So I expect it to be different or I expect him to try something different. I don't know if Kirby Smart is prepared to pull the trigger on JT Daniels if they've got a play coming from behind. Have they practiced enough with JT Daniels to be comfortable enough with JT Daniels to do that? Don't know. And I don't have the answer yet if he's willing to do it like Nick did it with Tua. Look, they had basically, um, as they've done this before, with Saban, they work to all year long in practice. And they just were going to implement it when they needed it. Is, is is George and Kirby prepared to do that? I don't know. We, we may find out. We won't if they don't need to, but we may find out. Fantasy football one-on-one. What's up, Chris? What is up with you, my friend? Happy New Year to you, the Fantasy Typhoon. Rich, um, Rich Coach says, how impressed were you with Utah against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl despite them uh, almost pulling the upset. I was very impressed. Not surprised. If you read our breakdown, we thought they'd play 
Ohio State very tough. Uh, they did. They're very physical. They're very well coached. Um, I was surprised that they were able to explode with as many plays offensively. So I was surprised by the 48-45. I was more in line of 30-27-ish. So the numbers were a little bit higher because the offensive explosion by Utah was a surprise. Ohio State's got some defensive issues that they hope that Jim Knowles is going to be able to fix. But I've said it before. I think Kyle um, Whittingham is maybe as good of the developmental program as there is in the country. Tony says, do you think the, do you think the Brown, do I like Brown Denzel Ward? Do I think they'll keep Denzel Ward? It's a good question. I think it's another decision they need to make. I like Denzel. Denzel. I think he's got, um, I think he's going to even get better. I think he's got a lot of physical cover tools that I really like. Tony, thoughts on Jamar Chase going forward. I He's just a great, great player. I think he's already one of the elite players in the league, um, elite receivers, and I think he's a big reason for their success. If in doubt, let him go up and make a play. And so Tony's asking about Denzel Ward extending him, um, and I would extend him personally, um, and we'll see if they do it, but I, I think they absolutely will. My goodness, great job by all of you, Tony and Fantasy Football One-on-One and Rich Coates and um, – and Kev, all of you, great job. Appreciate your involvement as we always do. So, again, kind of a routine here. Look, we're, we're going to do this. couple of things we're looking at. We're doing. We're going to do the Landry Football Podcast. For now, we're doing it at 5 p.m. Central. I am looking at the possibility of moving it to an earlier time slot during the day on Wednesdays. I'll let you know well in advance if I do. Right now, it's 5 p.m. Central. Um uh, we may have to move it due to another show that I'm involved in that we may have to slide in here, but uh, we'll, we'll let you know on that. But we're focusing on the Landry Football Podcast. Not saying I'm giving up on doing the conference shows, but I think we can incorporate um, a, a lot of different things. Um, you know, um, into the Landry football podcast. And, and I, you know, we may look at it for those of you that are members of Landry football. We may, we may put that as part of our exclusive package of the conference shows. We're, we're looking at different things. Um, and we're trying to grow that. So I said in the fall that we were going to study and see how things reacted. And, you know, we can react by the amount of people that are interested in the certain shows and this seems to be the one that people react to positively the most. So we're going forward with this. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to do this or that. But we, we're, we're going to focus a lot on this. So uh, check out LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the holiday savings special today. I can have the breakdowns of all the big games this weekend in the NFL. And, of course, the Monday night championship game. All the news and notes. We got it all for you. One-stop shopping football. LandryFootball.com. It's a new year. Let's start it off right. Let's get it going. Bring people over to LandryFootball.com and bring people over right here with you to the Landry Football Podcast. That's the key to keeping it going, right? That's the key to, the key to having sponsors and allowing us to continue to do it. So we appreciate you spreading the word about what we're doing. God bless. Talk to you next time. Same time, same channel, the Landry Football Podcast on LandryFootball.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.